0: Welcome back, Link Up Podcast. We're here with Nicholas Harmeyer. Nicholas, say hello, please. Hello, please. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, can you tell us about yourself? Uh, I mean, what kind of question is that to start it off with? Like, what do you do? Like, just generic shit. Does it matter what I do? I, I, just come do back I hang out with
1: the these end. two guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like the highlight of my life. Like, what's your job? Uh, I work at the, uh, the Memphis Zoo, a marketing what do you, officer. And what does that mean? I run all the marketing communications for the zoo. You're a very professional voice. <laughs> Thank you. So and then also have V3 fights. Mm-hmm. Okay, can
0: you tell us about that? How did you start that?
1: Uh I started it in 2009. Um beforehand we used to do these parties and uh <laughs> someone almost killed somebody so I decided to stop doing the parties. <laughs> so I decided to I, I saw how how big uh MMA was getting yeah. and I'd worked with uh Quentin Jackson back in the day a little bit here and there some stuff and uh, Michael Heisley, who was a uh, UFC fan, mm-hmm. wanted to bring a UFC event here, and so I started working with his team on legalizing it in Tennessee. Okay, in the midst of that, I was—I just felt it was a no-brainer to try to put my own promotion together.
0: That's awesome, man!
1: And then you had a a food company too, right? I did Ultimate Foods. And um, what was that? I uh, just a just meal prep delivery, brick and mortar. Um, It was fun. It was fun. I, I sold. So V3 went public in maybe late 2017. Uh-huh. I think it was on NASDAQ. Like, yeah, yeah. And then literally when I was getting off the plane from New York, I got a phone call and the person was like, hey, would you be interested in selling ultimate foods? Wow. And I got that all the time. Yeah. Um. But this guy was a serious person. So
2: Yeah, had like real money behind his offer.
1: Well, he was just like a real businessman, and you know when I when I googled him instantly afterwards, um, I just knew that it was a this was going to be a real conversation. Yeah. So from there, three months later, I had it sold, but I had it sold because I went through an audit with V three for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you're going through the SEC audit, and it's just like intense, really. But when I was doing that, I was like, I should go ahead and start um, doing this with Ultimate Foods. So I started kind of putting all my paperwork together in different files and getting it all ready and. So whenever he did send me his due diligence list, I was able to shoot everything right on over pretty much like within 48 hours. Really?
2: Do you wish you never sold it and you still had it like as a second or a third line of income?
1: You know, at times, uh, probably before this Mexico trip, I always had a regret on certain things, but you know, now I've kind of come to the point of everything worked out exactly how it was supposed to. Right. So, um,
2: yeah, I don't regret it. I mean, do you miss it maybe? Like maybe regret's not the right word. Like do you miss it?
1: It or? was a rewarding company. Uh it was a lot of fun just because you got to I mean, you were doing stuff that was Helping truly people. affecting someone's life for a positive. Yeah. Um so that was fun. Now, payroll, making payroll every every week and um dealing with food pars. How many locations did you have? We had we had downtown, which we ended up closing down downtown, but we had um East Memphis, Olive Branch, Cordova. I'm missing one.
2: East Memphis downtown, Cordova, Olive, Olive Branch. Branch. Yeah, it was four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to steal food out of the uh, downtown location. Yeah,
1: and then the, um, the the online was where it was at. Oh, really? I mean, that's where that's where it was at. Like yeah. just going to bed, waking up, and she's like, "Wow, I can't believe there's like this many bunch cells." Of orders. Yeah,
2: awesome.
0: Um, so. Out of the three things that you've done, like with the parties, the fights, and the Ultimate Food, which was the most enjoyable one,
1: uh, they all they all had their you know strengths. And you know, there's a lot of things I did that didn't succeed too. Yeah. So, um, just so we're clear on that, <laughs> like, everyone always thinks, "Oh man, you've just everything you touch turns to gold." I'm like, ah. Term. Yeah.
2: It's kinda of like what they see. It's got an iceberg picture. They only see the top of when you succeed, they don't see everything else that you yeah. tried to do and you know, fell and
1: whatever. I didn't fail, Raoul. I don't know what you're those are, those are your words, not mine. <laughs> you said fail. You
2: said you didn't succeed in it. That means fail. That's another way of saying fail.
1: No, it just means you keep going until you finally accomplish what you want. On a serious note, I'd always kind of kid around and said, uh, I was just too stupid to fail. Like, I wouldn't know if it was really failing. I just kept pushing through it. And then sooner or later, it turned. Yeah. But But uh, all of them were fun. I mean, all of them had different different things I loved about it. All of them had different things I hated about it.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like what Damien was saying yesterday about, uh, you know, people are like, hey, you can't do that. And then he's like, well, let me try. And he keeps trying and trying and trying. And he's like, yeah. you know, sometimes I don't make it, but then I just try again harder until I finally get to where I want to get to.
2: He was like, who said, I, Who have you tried it? Well, no. Who's tried? It? No one's tried it. So how do you know no one can do it? That's what he said. Remember, like, yeah. he's like, I'm going to try it and I'm going to train for it and I'm going to do it. There's nothing else. He said, take the word, like three words out of your vocabulary and replace it with positive words.
1: Have you always had that entre- entrepreneurial spirit? I think so. You know, I sold candy in high school or junior high school. Yeah. But I think we all did that, right? Everyone kind of sold blow pops and airheads and stuff. Yeah. So I've always enjoyed business. Um, I've always just enjoyed um, really just dealing with people. Like when I waited tables, I loved waiting tables.
2: Mm -hmm. What about when you were a bartender? How much fun was that?
1: That was a lot of fun.
2: I mean, you did that for, I don't remember how long. And
1: well, that's just so much work. Like bar, just the service industry of like waiting tables and bartending. It is so much work. And you, you know, you really learn how to deal with people and deal with different attitudes. And, um, I mean, there's still times today, you know, where I'm at the zoo and I'm just getting stressed out. I'm like, man, just, just pretend you're getting like sat with five people. You're totally in the weed or five tables. You're totally in the weeds mm-hmm. and you got all this stuff going on and you have two choices. Then, you know, you can kick back for a second, make a plan and attack it. Or you can just freak out and lose all your money. And yeah, you know, then the night you're just going to be unhappy.
0: So I think a lot of people, they, they just get overwhelmed and they don't recover from it. You know, it's like, uh, this is so much going on. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. And then they'll carry that onto every single table. And then everybody has bad days. But like I said, if you let that one table freak you out, then you're going to carry your bad attitude and
1: it might affect the way people tip you.
0: And that's 100%, your livelihood. 100
1: percent I mean, I, I think it, and, me. and that's really if you you can apply that to anything, I think. You know, if you let your attitude your attitude dictates a lot of things for you. I mean, yeah. there's sometimes you it doesn't matter how happy you are, you're gonna have some like role that's just gonna be miserable and try to make you miserable with them. Yeah. But I do what I can. <laughs> what do they say, misery loves company?
2: I'm trying to bring you all down with me. Crabs in a bucket. That's right. But uh no, like it's not fair when a server is getting overwhelmed and then they come to your table and you know, they kind of take, not like yell at you, but it takes like they take forever with your shit or whatever, you know, like, it's not the server's fault always, but with the the attitude is one hundred percent their responsibility. Whether they're nice to you or not, they can't control how long the kitchen's taking or the bar's taking or whatever. But they can definitely control how they talk to you and how if they're pleasant to you or not. And that's what's going to get your tip. Because a lot of people that we're friends with, if the food takes you know long, they're not going to bitch and moan about it. They're going like, "Oh, okay, that's not her fault. You know, she doesn't. She's not working in the kitchen or she's just not making the drinks. You know."
1: But, well, I think you have to use, you know, some tools that you have. And, and right there, it's it's going to be communication. So as long as you're communicating to your table, to your customer, um, you know, what's going on, I think most people are pretty cool with it. Yeah. I always try to get people to benefit it out.
0: Like, even if I have bad service, I still tip in 20%. 100%.
1: You just never know what kind of day someone's <coughs> having. Me. And it's crazy, like, just something as simple as – I remember when I waited tables, you could get a table or even bartender. You could have one person that could – Completely change your day, yeah. which probably isn't a good thing because that can happen the other, you know, yeah. the other side too. That they can change your day for the worse or change your day for the better. Yeah. So, so um,
0: what are the big things going on at the zoo that you can talk about?
1: Um, I mean, it's just we've got so much stuff going on over there. We got a new CEO. We got a, a lot of new team members and just good energy and, um, I mean, it's just. I don't want to say anything that I'm not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. But we have a we have a, a lot, lot of good stuff about to pop out. It's really awesome. Like. Hopefully, this coronavirus hurries up and gets over with. Well, contained. Was,
2: and, were you saying that earlier that it's yeah, going to so happen like really fast, like it is right now, and then like in a month from now? Hopefully, it's they, it's gone or whatever. I saw
0: something that I think some researchers in Canada figured something out where it came from. Um, but I think that's all. Just kind of trial and error though too though because yeah. you don't know how everybody will react to that that's why it takes so long because i listened to this guy the other day and he's like i could come up with a vaccine tomorrow but it doesn't mean that it's going to work for everybody so you don't want to do more harm than good right so
2: it's like different people's bodies sake will take it differently Is that yeah yeah
0: well it's just like when you see those trials that happen or the commercials that they talk about the side effects oh yeah you know those are people that actually died from that stuff or had those problems that happen you know when they run those clinical trials.
2: It's crazy how many side effects there are to a pill that you take that you see a commercial on TV. It's just like there's all these negative side effects, but it'll make it might make you feel better. But yet you could have you know diarrhea, or this and that, and you know like or it's, you could die.
1: It's crazy to me. We have a pill for everything.
0: Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's a business, man. Yeah, it is a business.
2: I mean, it's true when they say these companies are wanting people to stay sick. Because, you know, that's probably vaccines for a lot of the stuff that we have. Or someone's created something. just
1: something as simple as, like, exercise and eating right. Yeah. I mean, those right there can change so much. Well, even, like, with depression.
0: Yeah. Like, people that are depressed, they say if you work out, it'll boost your levels.
1: And then you won't be nearly as down about yourself. I'll tell you. Like, I was depressed for probably, like, a year and a half. Really? And I've I've never been depressed. Like, I've kind of had a pretty cool life. Like Yeah. I mean, I've had struggles and stuff, but I've never been depressed. And that last year and a half, uh, exercising is what I've, I've not so much kept me alive, but just kept me moving
0: forward. Yeah. Like, uh, so as far as depression goes, what does that
1: feel like in your mind? Man, it was just, it's not like I, I didn't feel alone. I mean, I felt alone, but not per se as in like no one else was there for me or around me. I yeah. just felt like no one else can understand how I felt. Okay. So it was a loneliness of just you're kinda of on your own island. I mean you're going through stuff and it's just you can't get out of your head. And you, yeah. just, you, you just at some point you you get in the same pattern and um you just continue to you know, for myself it was just beat myself up. So um it was it was rough, man. It was the roughest thing I've ever been through in my life.
2: So are you are you getting good now? Or are you good now or
1: yeah. still working on it? Well this, so or? you know um, I don't know we've talked about this a little bit, but so what happened is um, you know, I was going through this stuff and I'd ran into a friend I'd been seeing this therapist for, you know, pretty much the entire time. And she she was really big on, you know, work out, do yoga, meditate, you know, just do as much stuff for yourself as possible. Read a bunch of books, you know, and um I ran into a friend and he had some uh battles with some stuff in his past and he was telling me about how he went and did this ayahuasca retreat mm-hmm. and um and he was talking about how it works for depression i, I really didn't even look it up after that i mean i, I looked up a little bit and i was like oh, i'm not gonna look it up too much and so, so you start fucking with your head like oh, well, what i didn't that's what you're gonna expect i just didn't want to um i didn't want to have some preconceptions on it i wanted to be able to go in with an open heart and open head all right so i set it up to go and I was going to go in November and, um, if it, it fell through and I couldn't go in November. Yeah. So, and it was, and so the lady I'd been seeing, she, she was, she was telling me, she goes, you know, I, you're at this point, you're clinically depressed. You need to get on antidepressants. And I was like, oh, there's no way. Like I, I was like, man, you don't need, I don't want to do it, you know? And, you know, going through the motions of, of depression, you know, I, I, I like to think I did pretty well as far as like, I really tried to feel it. And I was like, man, this is, I knew it was going to help me grow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I didn't try to mask it at all. I didn't try masking it with alcohol or, or anything. You know, I just knew that I needed to feel these emotions, but at this point I created this cycle. And so I was, I was deep into it. I couldn't get out of it. I mean, it was just like sadness constantly. And, um, and I was, it, and that's, it, that's where it makes it tough too. Cause a lot of people probably see me and think, oh man, he's good to go. Like I was, I was very active. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as soon as I get alone, it was just, you know, it was just, I was, I was good at putting on a, you know, putting on a, on the face, you know, yeah. and smiling. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm really active. So, um, anyone that didn't know me knew that, or might have thought that everything's good to go. Nothing wrong with me, but anyone that did know me knew that I was, I was hurting and I was internalizing a lot of it. I was keeping it to myself. And, you know, it was my journey. So, um, she told me, she was like, you know, I, it's time to get on antidepressants and she does, she's not a, she doesn't really believe. Push, yeah. She doesn't really believe it in much, but she's like, you just have to do it. Like you have to be able to pull your head out of the water. Mm-hmm. So I started looking to the ayahuasca stuff. And, um, in January is when I went and <clears throat> when I, when I got there, I was just like, man, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, You, you know, I'm flying over into Mexico. Um, you're you know again, I was extremely sad I was kinda just kind of lost um you know i I just felt like I'd just taken such a mental beating for the last year and a half of my life you and I second guess everything you know that was one of the big things I had is I didn't have any confidence left um kinda so I get to Mexico, they pick me up um they take me to. The center, the little retreat place, is kind of in the middle of the jungle, um, outside of Cancun, about thirty, forty minutes outside of Cancun. And um, I meet my roommate. So you have roommates too. So now I'm like, what am I doing? Like, there's no way that I can sleep with. Like, I get, I get annoyed with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with three brothers. Like, if there's one thing I, you know, don't want at this point in my life is a roommate. Yeah. So um
2: sorry Tony it looks like you're stuck with me. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so I meet him. He's uh he's a former he had a couple law practices that he sold and he lives he actually lives down in Mexico now. Um and he was a 73-year-old man. cool as could be. And you know, I didn't know what he was really there for. And I was I was quiet the entire time. I was the first half of the time I was there. Um So that that night we it's it's nine of us all together you know, doing this, uh, this retreat. Yeah. So we all get together, we have dinner, everyone kind of meets one another. I eat my dinner and pretty much just go back to my room and just chill out and put my headphones on and question, what am I doing? You know, yeah. I, I think I even was looking at flights cause I was like, oh, I just need to go home. Like, this is stupid. So the next day is when we do our first ceremony. I mean, before that we do an intercession, um, where, uh, our integration, where we get together in the maloka, the maloka is kind of where everything happens. So mm-hmm. there's times where we do yoga in the maloka. There's times where we do body movement, and there's times where we're um, that's where we do the the ayahuasca. So, but and we also do these um, integration ceremonies where everyone kind of gets together and talks a little bit about you know whether the first integration we're talking about kind of our intentions of why we're here, um, which. I don't I I know I wasn't really honest per se. I didn't go into detail while I was there. I just was like, hey, you know, I've been I've been extremely sad these last couple last couple years, year and a half. And uh this kind of my last resort before, you know, taking pain or taking um antidepressants. antidepressants. Yeah. So um and everyone kinda went through their stuff and you know, it's it's tough. You know, it's tough to talk in a room full of people and just you know, just even being open about that stuff,
2: especially if you didn't even know them. You know, like, yeah, it's like these guys are complete strangers. Even the people there helping you, like, man, I don't want to talk to these people.
1: Right. So, um, so then a couple hours go by, and we're getting ready for the first ceremony, and <clears throat> and it's it's cool, man. I mean, it, looking back at it now, I mean, the first ceremony, I was super scared. I mean, I don't, I don't really like to. I mean, I'll drink here and there but I don't like to get drunk. I like to be in control of my brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I like to, if if I'm doing anything, I like to at least be able to be in control of my head. So that was kind of my big scare of this. And, you know, I read a couple of things like Chelsea Handler. I thought someone said that she like shit herself or something. And I was like, <laughs> I, you know, so your words, like, am I going to, you know, strip my clothes off and start running around naked. Am I going to shit on myself? Yeah. And so I, that's why, that's another reason why I didn't read too much into it because I didn't want to like try to attach health. myself to someone else's like journey. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And psych myself out really. So, um, you know, we get there, you, you, everyone sits in, sits in the Maloka. Um, you have a shaman, you have musicians. Uh, there's two ladies that put this on and, you know, really the positive thing about that is um, ayahuasca is a very feminine, feminine um, medicine. Yeah. So having it, having this, the ceremony kind of ran by women I, and here's, here's even another neat side note. Like I've never been into energy or any of that stuff. I mean, I believe in a little bit, but by the end of this thing, I was just like, man, this, that stuff is so real. Like it's so real. Yeah. Um. So, you know everyone's sitting down. We, we, you come up one by one and you grab your cup of ayahuasca and you drink it. And when you're doing it, the, the shaman just kind of looks at you and you pours your cup and you drink it and you go sit back down and you're sitting just kind of with some blankets and, um, you got some pillows and stuff and you got your, your puke bucket. You got your roll of toilet paper to blow your nose and stuff. And, um, you just kinda you sit and you wait and it's pitch black.
2: In the mawali what is called
1: in the Maloka. Maloka. So the Maloka's it's just like a it's like a canopy. Um but right? it's it's beautiful. It's unbelievably beautiful. But so there are no walls on it. So you're outside, but you're you're covered. Mm. Okay. And then the floor's uh is a concrete floor. So um it's just everything about it was perfect. At the time, you know, I'm sitting there just questioning myself constantly after I drink the first one, I was like, Oh my
2: God, what did I just do? Like, yeah. Join a cult. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, and it's funny cause a, a friend of mine, when he did it, he was like, you know, when he, cause every time it'd like kick in for me, it would just start raining glitter. And so I kept looking up like for the glitter to start raining. And, um, I end up seeing the, I see this lightning bug flying around and it goes and just stops right in the middle of the maloca. And I was just like, Whoa, the lightning bug right there and just stopped flying <laughs> but that's when it kicked in for me yeah and so all three ceremonies i saw that lightning bug at the very beginning wow and um so you know the it, so when you do the ayahuasca you you can there's purging there's a lot of purging with mm-hmm. it and so you can purge by yawning you can purge by stretching by vomiting by uh going to the bathroom mm-hmm. so there's a number of ways to purge and, um, man, I, I purged like a champion as far as vomiting. Really? Um, the first time I tried doing it in my bucket and I was just like, I got to get up and go do it outside. And, uh, and I did, I mean, I it was deep, you know, at the, by the end of the ceremony, the next day, one of the ladies grabbed me and she said, you know, you, you purged for the entire group. You grabbed all the bad energy out of everybody. And like, she was like, I've, and people were like seriously worried. they're like you you threw up so much last night yeah and um but i mean and it wasn't even like i was throwing up it didn't feel like you're sick like it was it was bad stuff coming out like bad energy like i could just feel like sadness and emptiness just leaving my body and um i mean even at one time i just felt like this huge tarp was just being ripped out of the inside of me so i'm out there and i'm just purging um and I'm kind of standing on, so I go outside of the Maloka. I, the most, my entire first ceremony, pretty much, I, I went outside the moloka and I was just by myself, which they kind of encourage you to stay inside. But, you know, the shaman and, and the people putting the stuff on, I think they're just so good at reading energy. They knew that I needed to be out there kind of to myself. Yeah. And um, I mean, I just would be, you know, getting sick and then just sit down and it was just like so much like self-love. Like there was just so much time where I was just sitting down and I just would hug myself and just be like, you know, good job, like good job through all this, like this last year and a half, you've really just been phenomenal. Um, You know, cause I, it it had been a very tough year on me and not saying I was perfect, but I know that, you know, I felt like, um, well, I mean, I, I know, I, I know that I, I handled it very well for everything I was going through. So, I would get back up and just be like, all right, there's, there's more to get rid of. And again, it was just like straight up sadness. And so uh, probably like the first two hours, that's all I did was just, and it was, it was raining some too. So it, it even, that even kind of made it even more romantic. Like, you know, I'm out there and I'm I'm crying, it's raining, um, purging all this sadness out of me. And then I'm sitting down, just hugging myself, just, you know, just, you know, telling myself how much I love myself and how proud I am of myself. So, <clears throat> um, I go back in and I sit down and it's like, when you sit down, when you close your eyes, so when your eyes are open, you know, you kind of, it's like you're in another dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, you're still, you know, where you're at still. Um, and even with that being said is you have, you have control over your body. You have complete control of your body. You need to go to the bathroom and go to the bathroom. You need to stand up and walk somewhere. You can stand up and walk somewhere. You need to drink water. You drink water. Um, but your mind, you have no control over that. And uh, and I think that's what scares people a lot. So I go back in, I sit down, I close my eyes, and like I go to another world. So, I mean, it was just like I plugged into my avatar and just went somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, I I meet Mother Ayahuasca, and this is I, you know every time I tell the story I just think it sounds so silly, but it it's, was not. So, it's not so it's not it's so real. Like people are like, were you really talking to Mother? Ay-? I was like, I I was really talking to her. They're like, oh, but in your head. I was like, in this other world. I'm telling you, like I oh, checked out.
2: I thought the Mother Ayahuasca was a lady at the at in the thing with you. No, I mean this is oh,
1: this is a lady that was. Yeah, on your journey, like yeah. your oh. so she she kind of she showed me like she she took me through all three ceremonies. I got you. So I meet her and we're we're talking and um you know just talking about why I was there and she's telling me a little about you know ayahuasca and the medicine and then you know she's just telling me that you know she's gonna teach me a lot of things and to really keep an open heart and open head and um and so I was like you know I, I, I planned on it so the first thing we kind of dig into is, um, she talks about the power of your word. And so in, 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 in this conversation, you know, I've really learned how to communicate again. So we're sitting there talking and she's, she's telling me, she's like, you know, uh, God began with his word and that's how powerful your word is. And you need to just make sure that, um, that you're always positive with your word, not only to others, but to yourself. So, um, and she's like teaching me how to talk again. So the first word we're going through is trust. And she's like, you know, say the word trust. I'm like, trust. And she like, you need every letter in that word needs to have intention to it. So as I'm saying, she, you know, she wanted me to spell it out. So as I'm saying trust at the same time, I'm spelling it out saying, T R U S T. And each time I'm spelling, I'm saying the letter, uh, that letters kind of jumping up into the air. And then they all lock together after us, after it comes together right. and then goes and just like goes into the universe. And, uh, that's when she's like, that's how powerful your word is. And I was just like, Whoa, you know, there are so many moments where I was just like, Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so crazy. Like, Um, so, you know, and and then we talked about just, again, the communication piece about looking people in their eyes and, you know, I've realized that there's so many times I've just talked to people and just can't even connect with them. Mm Um, like can't even look in face to face and connect with them. And, you know, it's so special. I mean, we have like so much power as humans and, um, you know, we, we have so many tools that we just kind of ignore. And so, you know, she's just going through all these different tool, tools and, and um, then we start talking about how everything has a purpose. So, um, you know, and, and she, you know, just talks about, you know, if, like we talked about an apple, like the purpose of the apple, you know, is to, you know, for you to taste it and for you to use it to, uh, uh, you know, for your body and. The same thing with water and then the purpose of flowers i mean we just it, it was endless amount of things we just talked about the purpose of everything yeah. and so you just kind of sat back and you just had to really appreciate everything and just understand like even you know the purpose of this microphone we're talking into right now and how powerful this microphone is yeah um so you know and then i would get back up and you know there's a as I'm doing this, there were still times where I'd just be like, Oh my gosh, you know, and like, I could just feel my heart hurting. I'm like, I have to go get this out of me real quick. And I'd go get up and walk out into the forest or rainforest and just purge it out and then come sit back down, close my eyes and check right back in. And, um, because, you know, as I tell a couple of the scenarios that were happening, I mean, there was just, there was, there was like dozens of them. Yeah. Um, that night. And so, you know, as we're talking about different things, I just be like, Oh, it just makes me sad. And I'd have to go, you know, get that sadness out. Mm -hmm. But by the end of that first ceremony, um, I ended the ceremony. I was outside by myself, um, outside of the Maloka and it was raining and I was just out there just kind of hugging myself. And I saw it. So when the ceremony ends, they light a fire in the middle of the Maloka and they just let everyone know that the ceremony is coming to a close. And, um, so I was out there by myself, just like hugging myself. Um, And I come back inside and I mean, I was, I was still, I was still in, you know, avatar world. Yeah. So um, everybody's kind of packing their stuff up and leaving. I'm like, well, (laughs) I'm I'm still here. (laughs) I'm not, I'm I'm not going anywhere. And so I actually, I stayed out there. I stayed there um, until I was the last person to leave. Okay. And when I did leave, I went back to my room and I put on some music and um, at this time, you know, you're, it's it's definitely not as intense. They're still, you know, you're still kind of going through your journey. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was, I put this playlist on and, um, it was like this, I was just this playlist that I, I love. Um, it's a playlist that, you know, and I was, when I was thinking about the playlist, I was like, man, this was the playlist that me and my ex used to listen to. And this was, you know, this was our playlist. And then, and again, you have so many different um, you have so many different um, things you're going through and working through. And so there was just multiple times of different stuff, but I'm sitting there saying, you know, this was our, this was our playlist. And then my, my brain's like, no, it wasn't. This is, this was your playlist. Like you made this playlist. Yeah. Um, You know, so listen to it, enjoy it. Like, this is yours. Like, be proud of it, you know? And I just listened to that music, man, until like 7 a.m. got up and just, there's a couple times where I'd keep getting up and I'd walk outside and just to see the sun coming up. And, you know, of course I was really tired at that point. Um, most people, they were, the ceremony ended like at one, one, two o'clock. I think it ended at one at 1am. 1 um, my roommate, he was snoozing by 2am. So I was still awake at 7am. <laughs> and, uh, but that, that first ceremony was, it, it was, it was tough. It was a, it was a, it was really tough because there was just, there's so much sadness that I was getting rid of. So the next day we go to integration and everybody's talking and everyone's kind of saying kind of what happened with them. And, you know, I, when it got to me, I said, you know, I wasn't really honest with my intentions mm-hmm. I said my intentions, um, you know, as I was going through my divorce uh, my ex was really kind of big into energy and all this stuff. And, um, and I was trying to buy into it and, you know, I was trying to look it up some, and you know, just, I don't know. I was, just, I was trying to do whatever I could to like, try to keep it together and say, Hey, you know, we, we can come to common ground on this. We can come to common ground yeah. on this, this. So you're just trying to save how you right. save it. So my intention really of going there, you know, to an extent was, was to be able to show her of like, you know, Ah, oh, look, I can, I can, I can be spiritually strong too. And, you know, um, and so the beauty of that was, is I went there looking for her, but that night, like I found myself. Yeah. So um, and that was kind of the beauty of the ayahuasca is it gives you exactly what you need. So even though my intention was one thing, it completely led you to the truth, led me to the truth. Yeah. And so, you know, they call it the vine of death. And, uh, my interpretation of that is it, it kills your ego. And I, I've always, I mean, I, I knew I had an ego, but I realized how sneaky my ego was. Yeah. Um, I guess growing up with a bunch of older brothers, you know, you really kind of get your ego beaten out of you at an early age. But I had a very sneaky ego that, um, you know, I just kind of tucked away and, would kind of internalize a lot of it, but the ayahuasca just, you know, it rips it out right in front of you. And, um, so that was kind of, that was really the, the beauty of the first ceremony. So the first ceremony, you know, I just, I emptied a lot of sadness out of myself. And then I, um, you know, I learned about the importance of your word. And then I also learned about just how every single thing, you know, has, has a reason of why it's here. Yeah. And and to really make sure that you acknowledge those things and and appreciate them. Now, when you started the journey,
0: didn't you say a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but some people didn't finish with you guys? Yeah,
1: yes, two people did not finish with us. Why's that? So the person who was next to me on the first ceremony, she um she was getting sick a lot too. Like she she was in a lot of pain. Like she was going through some stuff. And I mean, I remember even at sometimes I was sitting there listening to her, and I was just like, because you can hear what's going on here and there, but then you just go somewhere else again mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, man, she is just like she's she's freaking out, and I'm trying not to freak out like trying to catch on to her stuff right, but um, you know, she just didn't make it past that first one she she said that she had she was sick, like something was <clears throat> going on with her, so
2: she had like issues from taking the ayahuasca is no no
1: no, I mean or was there any issues she you she had? She was saying that she had an issue beforehand and she didn't feel it was safe for her to keep doing it. Okay. Um, but I know, I mean, I was there next to her. She was having a tough time. You could tell. She was having that. She was she had uh, and that's the thing is, you know, things get brought up that you don't you, you necessarily might have tucked away and don't even know you tucked away. You're not ready to deal with. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's why it's really it's really important to make sure you you go in there with an open mind and an open heart, and um, and just get ready to do the work. Yeah.
2: So when you first did it on the first night, how long um, was the experience that you felt like the the journey you went on? Like how how long did it
1: last? We probably drank our first cup like at nine. Okay. So, um, and so when when they do it, and they they open it back up, and so you can go in and you can drink more ayahuasca. And, and I did, which, which is, which is totally unlike me. And it it wasn't, it's, it was, it was almost like I didn't even have like the control over it. Like it was just, my spirit was just saying, you know, let's, let's go do, we got, we got a lot of work to do. Let's get rid of, you know, let's, let's get rid of this sadness and let's move forward. And that was the, that was the only time that I, that I, that I drank three, three cups. The first night? Yeah. Yeah. What does it taste like? Um, it kind of tastes like Pea? beet juice, and it's just like a root, so it kind of tastes like dirt. Oh, okay. It wasn't as bad as everyone made it sound out to be. I heard a few people talk about how horrible it tasted, so yeah. whenever I did finally taste, I was like, Well, that went too bad. Plus, I had altoids with me, so when I went back to my,
0: <laughs> I, I got popped you. the altoid in. And, <laughs> yeah,
1: so yeah, so the first ceremony, I mean, it was just tough. I mean, the next day, you know, the next day, I could tell a lot of people were kind of looking, you know, you. You start, you see how people reacted to it, and um, you know, as much as I was purging, everyone knew that I was having a tough time. Like I had a tough time that first night. Yeah. And um, gosh, it was so tough. But, you know, that um that second ceremony, so you wait a day, you know, the day after, let's see, I got there on Friday, so Saturday night was my first ceremony. So Sunday um, I think we did like an intercession. We did a sweat. And then after the sweat, man, I, was, I passed out. And then, so I woke up Monday and I think Monday we did a body movement, which is so funny to me too. Cause I don't know if the body movement was a day after the second ceremony before, but when I go and do the body movement, um, we're in the Maloka and they're like, close your eyes and just start moving. And, I was like, this is some hippie shit. It's yeah. like, this is so stupid. Yeah. This is so dumb. Next thing I know, I'm like crying and like apologizing Damn. to mother nature. And, you know, cause I, I go back into like kind of what I learned about in my first ceremony and just really appreciating, you know, everything that's around me.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm sitting there, you know, my eyes are closed. I'm dancing around the middle of Maloka with a bunch of other people. And, uh, <laughs> and I wasn't buying into it at all. And then the next thing you know, my, my mind completely flipped so it was uh it was powerful it was so i mean it's just the connectedness is just so unbelievable
0: now do you think that you and everybody there had that some type of bond now
1: yeah definitely um especially me and my roommate yeah larry um i mean when i when i first got there you know he told me he was a lawyer and Mm -hmm. i was like Motherfucker! Like this is the last person I want to be around. Like going <laughs> through a divorce, <laughs> the last person you want to be around is a lawyer. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, what is God doing to me? Like, why? Why in the world? You know, I, I even thought it was a sign. I was like, this is a sign. I need, to, I need to leave. Like, <laughs> I just need to leave. Like this is. What a
2: lawyer are you, Larry? Oh, I'm a divorce. I was a divorce yeah. motherfucker. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, but me and him made a really, really tight bond. So when I roll into the second ceremony, um, that day I didn't eat anything. I ate breakfast, but I wouldn't eat lunch. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, boy, I well, I didn't eat and everyone was like, e- cause you eat at two o'clock, you don't eat anything else after that. And, um, and it, what I didn't eat cause I was afraid I have to go to the, I, afraid I have to like take a shit. Yeah. And so I was like, I just have to go to the bathroom when I do this stuff. I got you. And then, so, and they were feeding you a bunch of greens. It was all, I mean, I was a vegetarian for a week. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was not roll vegetarian. It was like real vegetarian food, you know? <laughs> not pizza, not cheese, cheese pizza. pizza.
2: Hey, hey, hey! Come on, let's keep it. But,
1: so everything everything you're eating, it doesn't have like it has no seasoning on it. It's just it's just pure food, it's
2: like pulled out of the ground, washed and yep. chopped up and cooked and yep. boom.
1: And so when I went to go eat lunch that day, it was like this soup and it had like a bunch of greens, and I was like, no, this is gonna make me have to go to the bathroom tonight. There's no way I'm eating this stuff. Yeah. So, um, the, the lady who, one of the ladies who runs it comes up to me and she's like, are you afraid you're going to get sick again? I was like, no, nah, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> you know, and I'm not telling her why I'm not doing it. I was like, I just don't feel like eating. And, um, she actually ended up going to the store and buying me one of those, uh, what's that? Like the little pedia lights. Oh, okay. And, um, cause you stay on the grounds the entire time through everything. There was one time where we go to, um, Cenote. And to go swimming and stuff. Yeah. But, um, so anyways, second ceremony hits, I've had nothing to eat other than breakfast. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm just scared again. Uh, cause it was so much work the first time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was tired. You know, my body actually hurt from vomiting so much. Yeah. So, um, you know, same, same thing. You sit down, everyone goes up, gets their cup, sit there and wait. Little lightning bug whew, close my eyes no time and yeah and then um i see mother ayahuasca and we start chatting for a little bit and you know um this one we we dove right into motherhood and so she's telling me about the importance of motherhood and she's trying to let me see what um see through like a mother's eyes and it's intense. So, you know, we first start talking about, um, we start, ta- if, for a second, we talk about Betty's mother. Mm-hmm. And that's my ex-wife. And Betty is my child. So, or our child. Yeah. And so, um, we start talking about that for a little bit. And, you know, then I get, I just get sad and I go outside and, you know, go back to the rainforest. So, and that's the thing too. Everyone pretty much stayed sitting down and when they would, um, purge. They would just purge into their bucket. And every time I purged, I, I got up and walked out. Yeah. Um, and so many people were like, I don't know, how do you keep getting up? And I'm like, man, I like, I just can't help it. Like, I just have to bounce up and go do it. But I mean, I was, when I was, when I was purging too, I mean, I was, it was coming from my toenails. Like I could feel it just coming from the bottom of my body, you know, this, this darkness. So, um, We, 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 then we start talking about my mom and we talk about, um, the sadness that my mom has carried, you know, and specifically when my father passed away 10 plus years ago. So we're talking about that. And, and the, the, the wild thing is, I mean, you can like, I'm going, I'm in this other world and I'm, I'm going, I'm seeing everything. And I mean, when I told, I've told my mom the story, I've told my brothers the story and, um, I mean, there's not a dry eye because it's when I tell them what ha- was happening, they're like, that's exactly what was happening. So I go and I see my mom shortly after my dad passed away. And, um, it's almost like a, um, uh, like a Christmas story type of feel, you know, where it's like Ebenezer Scrooge going around, seeing all these different okay. things going on. Yeah. So I see her a few, uh, maybe a few days after my dad passed away and she's just, you know, just by herself and crying and just very sad. And, um, and, you know, I start questioning myself. I'm like, I could have been, I could have been a better son through this, but you know, I was, I was dealing with the death of my father too. So, um, so I was making it really about me, you know, when, when he passed away and not even thinking about how much it was affecting other people too. Yeah. And even when he first passed away, I kind of didn't even, um, I kind of brushed it off a little bit. I think it, it hit me like a year later. When I remember I was down in Florida, I was living down in Florida and it hit me and I was just like, Oh my God, I, my dad's gone. Like I'm really sad. And yeah. Um, but so I see my mother and I see how upset she is. And then it fast forwards to years later and it's showing her again by herself, just crying. Um, and then, um, it goes and it shows me talking on the phone as I'm going through this divorce and we're talking on the phone together and we get off the phone. She's like sitting on the couch and afterwards she, you know, we hang up and um, she leans over the couch and just starts bawling, crying. And mother ayahuasca is is just telling me, she's like, you know, a lot of people are carrying this pain that you have. Um, You're not in it alone. So um, we, we kind of jump over to like my brother, Nathan, where, um, we're standing out in his driveway and me and him are talking and then I give him a hug goodbye and I get my car and I leave and then it shows him crying. And, uh, you know, it's just my, my, at this point, my, I'm just, my heart's just hurting because I'm seeing that how much this is affecting everybody. And then she, you know, that's when she brings in, my ex-wife and she's like, you know, she, she's hurting too. This isn't just, this isn't just you that hurts throughout this entire process. And, um, so, you know, and, and she's just talking about, again, a lot of this is, we're talking about the importance of mothers too. And, you know, she's shown me that, uh, shown me through her eyes and through my mom's eyes and, you know, just the burden that mothers carry, you know, with children or with families and just, just with themselves. Um, So, you know, really about like this, this part in the ceremony, I'm just like ready to run to my mom. Like I'm ready just to go get on a flight and I need to go see my mom. So, um, you know, now uh, again, and I'm jumping around a little bit here and there, but we're sitting there talking about Stacy and um, you know, she's just showing me how that she's sad too, and this hasn't been an easy decision for her to make with all this stuff. And, um, and so we, you know, mother ayahuasca asked me, she's like, you know, are you, are you ready to let her go? And, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I am. And, you know, at this point, like I, I saw kind of the pain that she was going through mm-hmm. and it kind of answered my questions a little bit that I had going through the divorce of, you know, like this wasn't, it it wasn't easy on her either to make this decision. So, you know, I was just like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to let her go. So I end up in this land of everything's purple, like shades of purple. And I mean, some purple, so deep and dark, it's almost black. And some is so light. It's almost white. And I'm at the top of this hill and I got my mom, in my left hand, like I'm holding her hand on my left side, and my, my brother on my right side. And I'm walking down the hill and I'm walking up to this riverbank. And at the time, too, the, there's musicians um, in the ceremony mm-hmm. and they're playing the most perfect song. It's it's like a harp and they're picking these guitar strings. It's just the most beautiful song playing at this moment. So I'm walking up to this river bank and, uh, um, I, I see, I see Stacy on this raft and it's not like it wasn't in and a lot of times when you're here, it, you're in this other world, like you, it's, you see people, but it's not like their body. It's, it's really difficult to explain. It's almost like explaining color to a blind person, but it's, you just, it's like their spirit, you know, per se. Like I guess you know what's what done by looking at, yeah, it, like yeah, you know, know it's done silhouette kind of thing. So she's on this raft and she's floating down, and um, this beautiful music's playing. I give my mom a hug and kiss. I give my brother a hug and kiss, and I step up and I grab this bow and arrow, and I aim it up in the air, and um, um, as I aim it up in the air, I shoot it, and it shoots straight into the air. I mean, it's just arching straight into the air over where she's at and it, it explodes. And then it just showers all these hearts of all these like purplish colors. And, um, you know, at this point I'm just like bawling, crying, you know, she's going away. You know, all these hearts are, are showering her. And then mother ayahuasca comes down to me and she's like, that was beautiful. She goes, uh, do you realize what you just did? And I was like, what did I do? She goes, you let her go and you showered her with love as you did. And so you know, and again at this point I'm you know, I in real life I'm crying. Like and that's the thing too, is like there's times where you know you're even though you're going through this stuff like in another world, like it's affecting you like physically also. Yeah. So um, you know, I say to mother ayahuasca kind I say, you know, I just have all this love though. I just have all this love and who do I give it to? And she um brings my child in, Betty. And I was like, ah, oh, stop, stop, stop. She can't be here. She can't be here. And she's like, well, she is here. And she's, you know, she's seeing all this stuff happening. And, um, you know, she, and then it pulls another heartstring because I realized that she also has seen all this sadness that I've been going through. And as, as good as I think I'm hiding it from her, you know, we're so connected. This is my child, you know, like we're so connected. She knows what's going on. Like she can feel it. Like, and this is when I was really buying Like, this ceremony is when I really started buying into energy. Like I was like, this is, this energy stuff is so real. Like you can truly feel someone's energy. And so, you know, I'm crying. I'm just like, you know, she can't be here. She can't be here. And Mother ayahuasca was like, well, she's here she's, you know, she needs that love. She's hurting. She's sad. Like she needs her dad. And, um, you know, and it's just, it was just such a revelation. You're just like, oh my gosh, that's, That's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I'm supposed to be. So by the end of the ceremony, I'm, I'm talking to mother ayahuasca. I just say, okay, I I feel good. Like I let Stacy go. And, you know, that was kind of why I was, you know, essentially now I feel better. Like I need to, I need to go home. I need to go home and see my mom. I need to see my daughter. Yeah. And, you know, can I, can I leave? Can I go ahead and get a flight after this one and go home? And she was like, you, you know, just stay for one more. We just need you. You just need to stay for one more. And, um, so, so, uh, you know, that one, again, I was the last one to leave the Maloka that night. In fact, when they were blowing out the last candle, the guy I was asking me, he's like, Hey, we're blowing out the last candle. You want to get up and go in? I was like, nah, I feel pretty safe out here. But I, again, it was just, it's so much work. Um, you know, it's so much work. So that second ceremony, it was a lot about, um, motherhood. And then, you know, it was, I, I got the, the closure of letting, letting her go. But I also knew that I, like, I didn't get to say bye. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was supposed to say goodbye. Like, what was I thinking? And then so I was like, Oh, there's just, you know, so I knew I needed to come back to just be able to go ahead and, and finish it up and, you know, finalize it. And so even when I was asking Mother Ayahuasca, if I could just go on home, you know, I knew that I, I had just a little bit more left to do just to go ahead and close this chapter. Yeah. So, um, fast forward, you know, we get to the third ceremony, you know, two days later or the day after. And we, um, you know, you go in there, drink your, drink your cup, you know, here comes little lightning bug right into the middle. I kick right back, close my eyes. And, um, I'm in the land of everything being purple. So I run down to the river bank by myself. i run down to the river bank. I'm calling out for mother ayahuasca. I was like, I'm here, I'm here. I'm ready to tell her goodbye. Like, and I was, I was excited. I was like, yes, I'm getting this over with. Like, let's get this done. Let's, let's get onto, it's going to be, a it's going to be a yeah. good ceremony. Like I'm getting past all this sadness. So the second ceremony, like a lot of, there was a lot of, um, uh, there was a lot of purging also. So, at this point by the third ceremony, I felt empty of all this sadness. Like I just felt it was, I mean, like I said earlier, like to my toes, like I could feel it was out of me. Like all this sadness and emptiness and darkness was like out of me. So I felt so good and being able to run down there and be like, let's, I need to tell her goodbye. I need to tell her goodbye. And she comes down. as was like this purple spider. Like it was almost like a glass spider of all these different color purples. And, uh, You know, she's coming down on a web and she's like, silly boy. She's like, you don't get to tell her goodbye. She's, she's not leaving. She's not going anywhere. And, and she says to me, she says, you know, tonight we're going to, we're going to talk about love. And this book has many chapters and the first chapter we're going to talk about is acceptance. And, uh, I was just like, oh my, you know, again, there's so many aha moments. You're like, oh my gosh, like this makes so much sense. Because, you know, going through a divorce, everyone tells you you're supposed to dislike that person or, you know, be mad. And, you know, you, you kind of try to make yourself the victim and all this stuff. And, you know, early on into this ceremony, I realized that, you know, that's not what it's about. Um, you know, you just, it was, it was about acceptance. So, you know, it was okay for me to accept the fact that I do still care about her and I do still love her and, you know, i probably always will. That's Betty's mother. You know, she, you know, we're, we're connected.
2: Yeah.
1: And you even, I mean, you even get to see things like past lives and stuff. And I'm not even getting into all that oh, stuff. No, no, I gotta
2: know. What was your, one of your past lives? Tell us
1: nothing. Just like, you know, like I know, I mean, it sounds so crazy, but you know, I know that my ex wife, like we were, you know, we were lovers in past lives. And I, there was even a time when, you know, the roles were reversed and uh you know I've, I've this entire divorce how it happened this way i mean that's how it happened in another life it's crazy isn't that but that you wanted to divorce it's that you got divorced yeah. instead of her getting the divorce that i, that I another oh yeah but wow. i did it to her oh, ask yeah. yeah it's a lot and then so because we even talked about karma and she's like you know there's really you know there really really not such a thing as karma like and I, I haven't really dug into this too much, but, um, you know, everything's that created out of love and, you know, there's really, there's really nothing, no intention of, of bad things happening to people. Mm-hmm. It's just, so the karma really doesn't exist per se it's, but you can go into another life to try to correct things or to do things differently. Yeah. Um, unfortunately some things just don't work out how you think they're going to work out, but if there's one thing I've learned through all this is everything happens for a reason and it's perfect. Like when you think certain things are all falling apart, it's, there's a reason behind it. So, um, you know, third ceremony, you know, trying to, I try to tell her goodbye. I learned real quick about love and acceptance. And then we start talking about love and making love and, um, and just, you know, the act of love, and this is where it gets like super deep too, mm-hmm. because I'm, again, this, through this, I, I ask her so many questions. And so I'm giving you guys a couple scenarios, but this is, there are so many different scenarios that happen. So I'm sitting there talking to her and I was like, well, you know, can, can, you know, can you have one night stands? You know, what about masturbating? Like, how is that coincide with love? And I'm asking just all this different stuff. She's like, you know, it it all has to happen out of love. Like if you need to, if you need to go masturbate, like you, you don't need to do it. To some filthy pornography or anything. You need to go lay on the bed and make love to yourself. Like that's your body, like yeah. take care of yourself. And if you feel the need that you have such a connection with somebody one night, you want to just make love to them. You know, you make love to them. But with that being said, you don't do it. If it's just out of lust or if it's just out of ego, you know, there's, I think of so many guy friends that just have sex, just out of ego, just to like bump up numbers. not not even to pump up numbers just to go back and brag to the other friends of, you know, Oh yeah, I hooked up with so-and-so. Oh yeah. I hooked up with so-and-so. And And you don't even understand how much sadness you're creating on that person you're doing that to. Yeah. And so, and I, I get it that it's just, there's a lot of sadness that comes into fake love. And so, you know, at this time, my stomach is just like gurgling. I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to, puke so much (laughs) like i can just feel this stuff building up and uh i mean even at one time i was like i need to go get another cup and mother ayahuasca was like stop stop i was like i just got to get another cup like i gotta get this stuff out of me and she's like you're here like you're fine the ayahuasca is in you it's in you forever and you just need to be patient so i learned a lot about patience on this this third journey and so um you know, again, we're just talking about all these different scenarios of love and the act of love. And, you know, I'm seeing all the times that, you know, even with my own uh, with my ex-wife, there were times where, you know, it might not have been out of. It might not have been out of uh, out of love, you know, it's just like, you know, having sex just to fill the number of, you know, I need to make sure that we're having sex at least so many times a week because that's the norm, right? That's what's supposed to be happening. Um, That's what society tells you and and all this stuff. Yeah. Rather than making sure that it was a true act of love. And, um, you know, again, I'm starting to feel all this filth just building up inside me, just thinking about the times that, you know, that I've completely disregarded the act of love and just kind of tainted it, you know, just for my own purpose, for my own ego So, you know, I go back outside into the rainforest. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to throw up. I got to get this stuff out of me. And um, so I was like, oh, God, I don't have to throw up. I got to take a shit now. (laughs) (laughs) But the the thing behind that was just the symbolism behind it was when – I was having all this sadness and emptiness. Like it was, I was purging it by throwing up and it was coming through my heart. I felt like, and then when it got to this filth and dirtiness and nastiness, like I had to go to the, I had to go to the toilet. So that's where it was like, so symbolic. I was like, gosh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, so then we go in and we're talking about just all this different type, you know, we're at, we start talking about acceptance and accepting different things and, you know, accepting that my ex-wife is, is gonna, you know, possibly be with someone else and, you know, that she could have another family with someone else too. And, you know, you've going through all these different scenarios and I'm asking mother ayahuasca questions about it. And, and then she's telling me, you know, she's like, it's, you know, you just, you just have to, you need to be a leader. You need to step up and lead. And I just was like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of leading. Like, I just, can I not just be subpar and just chill out? Can I not just rest? And she's like, no, if you need to rest, you can rest. And so I like, I laid down, like I laid down and just <laughs> rested and then, uh, bounced back up. And, um, you know, she, she keeps talking to me about being a leader. And, um, trying to make sure that, you know, she's telling me, she's like, you know, a a lot of people are looking at you right now and a lot of people are going to react the way you react. So as you go through, as, as you've gone through this divorce, you know, the next, the next chapter, you know, you really need to obey kind of what, what you're learning in this journey of the past the past few few nights and a big part of that was, you know, about the purity of my word, you know, because when you do go through something negative, you know, I I was good about not going around bad mouthing. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, there's times where you you don't want to put anything out in the universe. You know, you don't want to put any negative thought out in the universe and on anyone. Mm -hmm. So, so we, uh, she's telling me about, you know, just, that a lot of people are going to be looking at me and I need to really be the leader here and show people how to be acceptance or just how to have acceptance with these different scenarios that can happen in life. And it's going to happen because I, there's some things I know that are going to happen. And, uh, you know, I got, I got a glimpse into that and I just need to make sure that I'm a, I'm a big person about it and everything is derived from the act of love. So, Um, she's telling me, she's like, you know, it's, you have to, it's time for you to be the chief of the tribe. And I was like, oh, I was like, I just, I don't even remember how to be a chief. Like, I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know how to be a chief anymore. And Arturo was our shaman. And, uh, he's like this six, four, he's from Mexico. I mean, he's just, he looks like an, an athlete. Um, but I mean, he just, and he's awesome. I mean, when this guy talks, I mean, just people listen the intention of everything he says. It's just so on un, unreal. And so um, she's like, we'll get up and go outside because Arturo is going to show you how to be a chief again. And, you know, at one point where when I'm sitting there, she's like, you know, it's, it's you, you have to be the lion of your pride. And I was like, well, you know, if, if I'm going to be the lion of the pride. I'm not sure if there's more than one lion in a pride, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I, do I get to be the alpha lion at least? <laughs> and it's funny. Cause even the next day, like I'm like Googling how many, you know, lions can <laughs> be in a pride. Back. And if there's a, the, there's an alpha again, there's like that, there's that, that's a that sneaky ego in there, yeah. you know? And, um, so I go out into the rainforest and again, I'm by myself and no one really, uh, the shaman never really leaves the Maloka very often at all. Like very rarely does he, because he's, he's in there trying to control a lot of the energy. And then same thing with the musicians. Like if someone's having a hard time, usually the musicians go over there and like play a song for you right then and there and just kind of bring you back to a better place. So I'm out there and as I'm getting up and walking out, I hear a, I, I hear Arturo playing the drum. It's like, boom. And there's there's nothing else going on. Everything's just dead silence. just boom, boom. And it's, I'm telling you, everything is so perfect. Like how... And it's everything in life in general. But, you know, going through these ceremonies, how just everything played out. So I'm walking outside and the drums getting deeper. It's getting faster. It's getting louder. And, um, and it just, it just stopped raining again. And you could see every single star in the sky. You could see the moon. And, and I just felt like this fire just lighting up from my feet all the way up through my body. And, and I don't know how to even explain it, but Arturo, like he's in the Maloka, but his spirit was with me and, and we just start like dancing. And i I mean, there, I'm like hitting my chest, I'm jumping up and down, I'm running and given most people can't even get up, you know, and I'm up there like running all over the place. And like, I was, I was feeling it. Like he was, he was teaching me how to be a chief again. And so in the midst of all this, Mother Ayahuasca, you know, she's telling me she's like, you know, it's it's time for you to be the chief of your tribe, you know, you got to be the lion of the pride and and I I see these like deep dark blue colors and it's this uh like Spanish warrior's helmet that morphs into this um lion head with a with a mane that morphs into this chief's head that has this full headdress and he keeps going back and forth. And she's telling me, you know, you are gonna be the the lion of the tribe and of the pride and the chief of the tribe and the drums going, me and uh, Arturo were just dancing. And I just, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm a chief again. Like I, like I felt it, I felt it so much. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I got to get back in the Maloca people. I gotta, I gotta share this energy. So I'm at this point, you know, ceremony two. I was already bought into all the energy stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I got to share this energy. Like everyone's got to, you know, I've got to f- let everyone see I'm a chief again, you know? And, um, so I'm walking back down the path to go into the Maloka. And at the same time, Arturo, like he's, his, his real body is walking down the path also. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you're doing this stuff, no one really looks at you or touches you or anything. Cause they don't know what state of mind you're in or where you're at, like in your journey. But, I swear he knew exactly what was going on because when we walk up and we, and we look at one another, like he gives me this big smile, comes up and hugs me. It was to me, it felt like he was welcoming, welcoming me back. Like he knew that we were just out there and he was showing me how to be a chief again. And we were just dancing underneath the, the stars and the moon as, as, as we were doing it. And so I'll get back in the Maloka, man. I'm just dancing in the middle of the Maloka, like just, and I'm just letting it flare, just letting it fly. Like all my like chiefness and yeah. like, I'm this positive I'm energy this Yeah. And so, you know, a couple of people start getting up and dancing and man, it's, it was, it was, uh, one of the first times that I've in, in the years that I've had like really smiled, like I felt it. So, yeah. so that night, um, that night, like, you know, the first ceremony I met myself and, by the end of the third ceremony, like I knew, I knew who I was again. So, um, and you're talking about a powerful feeling and then, you know, just going through all the motion, like I learned so much stuff, like just learning how to communicate again and how to talk to people. And, you know, that's just the power of love. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't say this part, but in the third ceremony, like I'm learning so much stuff in the third ceremony, and it was just like being in, I had all these balloons and there was just, I was just trying to grab for more balloons and others were flying away as I'm trying to grab for other ones. And it was just so much to learn. But um, at one point, mother ayahuasca takes me and she's like, do you want to see, do you want to meet God? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and she's like trying to pull my hands down. And yeah. she's like, look, look, there he is. Right. There. You know, there's, there's God. She, she's just like, there's, there's God right there. And I, I wouldn't take my hands down. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this and then so another point where like in uh, kind of just like almost like this marketplace and I start talking to this, um, start talking to this one person. And again, you don't really see the people, mm-hmm. but you just, it's it's really hard to explain. And, um and Mother Ayahuasca is like, this is Jesus. And I was like, and instantly I start apologizing. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not, I'm sorry I'm here. And he's like, no, 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 this is. You're supposed to be here. This is, you know, this is everything my father created. How beautiful is all this? And, and, you know, we're, we're talking for a minute. And then I asked him, like, are you real? Like, is this real? And, uh, he, I mean, just dead on straight my face was like, you don't get to ask me that question. And I said, well, why not? He goes, you don't even know me. He's like, why don't you take some time and get to know me? Um, he's like, you know, you can come here anytime you want. And, you know, this is, this is everything that, You know, my father and I have created, and you know this is this is this is yours too. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my, you know. And so, you know, and then we talked for a little bit more, and he just kind of just you know, just mows it on to the next thing, and it's just like you just kind of just drift on to the next, you know, to the next scenario or the next story. Yeah. So, but so by the end of the third ceremony, you know, they light the fire. I was smiling ear to ear. Everyone knew that I had the utmost breakthrough breakthrough. Awesome. Yeah. Because like I said, it started off with me purging out just the filthiness out of my body. And, um, and it's kind of neat. You know, you, I look back and I think about it, like I got rid of all this sadness and emptiness. I got rid of like this filthiness and nastiness. And then I just got filled up with, with love and confidence and um, a lot of stuff that I've, I've been, suppressing in the last couple of years just because of going through the process. And, um, man, it was it was perfect. You know, and I, I left there feeling, you know, there was going through a divorce, you know, there was a lot of, there was, a, I had a lot of pain. You know, I had a lot of hurt and I had a lot of questions and I didn't understand a lot of things. But now, you know, it's a good feeling knowing that I can, I can accept it and I can be thankful for it. Like how neat is it to say, you know, cause I I know this had not been easy on her either. And, um, but I can look at her, I can look at her right now and, and tell her, thank you, you know, and thank you for, for doing this. And as difficult as it was for, for me, you know, it happened the exact way it was supposed to, because it got me to this very point. Uh, and now, I mean, now I'm, even a better son. I'm a better sibling. I'm a better father. I mean, I was still, I mean, I was still good on all that stuff beforehand, but now, I mean, it's, a, it's just like a whole new portal has opened up of it. So, you know, I'm just so thankful that she took all the actions that she did. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to him of how I handled it all. And, and took care of myself the way I needed to. And, you know, at this very moment right now, it's all worked out perfectly.
0: What do you uh, say about what people say when they say they see death?
1: Uh, I, I think it's, you see the death of your ego. Okay. Your ego dies. So, um, and that's, I mean, I saw like your ego gets, you know, we do so much stuff out of ego. Mm -hmm. You think about how much we really, really do out of ego, you know, and when you put your ego to the side, like for instance, my ex wife, like my ego would sit there and say, you know, well, I, I don't want her to, to be happy with someone else, mm-hmm. but if you really love somebody, why would you not want them to be happy with someone else? Right. Yeah. And so you put that ego off to the side and you say, you know what, if I really love this person or care about this person, like I want them to be happy. Right. You know? And, um, and that goes in a lot of different ways too. like even people that I've, I've seen myself disliking, or just, you know, you go out and about, like, I go to, like, you go to a bar now, and I have a hard time going to, to bars and stuff like that now because it's just so much sadness. But the guy that tries starting fights or the girl that, you know, is just kind of, you know, you can see just getting really flirty and just trying to, you know, everyone's trying to fill some empty hole. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times you're just trying to fill it with more sadness and they don't even know it. Just filling the void. Yeah. Yeah. And that's tough, man. And so when I go to bars now, I just, like, I can feel the energy. And I'm just like, oh, man, there's just there's so much sadness in here. I just, shit. I mean, after I did this, you know, we went to Tampa afterwards. And I just, I mean, even now, like, when I hug somebody, like, like I can just feel it. Like, and I I kind of get weird about my hugs. Like, I want to hold on to somebody when I hug them because yeah. I want them to feel it. Like, again, it's such a form of communication.
2: Fist bump. No more yeah, hugging. Yeah, no more hugging right now. Come
1: but, on. Or you know but so i mean there is uh uh it's just it was such a spiritual journey and and again you know i know i talked a lot about the the depression part of it but that third ceremony there was i learned a lot of like just day-to-day stuff i mean before I make another major decision in my life, I'd probably do this again for it. I was about to
2: ask you that. Would you do it again? Here we go.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so, you learn so much and it's medicine. It's 100% medicine. You know, I think it's probably how you administer it just like any medicine is. Um, But the way, the way it was administered down there, it was absolutely perfect.
0: Can you talk about the, the vision you had (laughs) about him
1: yeah so i mean there was a time that and this this broke my heart like so me and and again that's so what i'm saying there's so many different scenarios like you just go through so many different scenarios but so me and roll are walking to the beach and i'm carrying the surfboard on my head and i've been carrying it for like 100 yards but as we get close to the beach where everybody's at roll's like give me the surfboard give me the board <laughs> and i was like stop dude and I he's like trying do- to rip it out of my hands And i was like stop i got it like you know, it was just kind of a mess of like trying to take it off. Yeah. And uh, he rips out of my hands and there's this pool next to us and he falls into the pool and there's sharks in there. And I instantly start laughing at him. Yeah. And he's like truly scared. These sharks are trying to attack him. <laughs> and I can't stop laughing at him. Yeah. and Good person, huh? Yeah, I know, right? And then so, you know, I wasn't worried about him at all. And even at one point, this shark is... Coming up, and I mean, he has Roll in his mouth, and Roll's like ah, and gets out, and he he finally gets out of the pool, and by no means did I help him, yeah, and but I, you know, what I realized right then there, I was like, man, like Roll's in pain, like Roll hurts, and we all sit here and we laugh at him, and we think, oh, he's gonna be fine, he's cool, it's Roll, like he'll he'll push through it all. Mm -hmm. So I mean, when I saw Roll for the first time, I like gave him a big hug. I'm like, he was just I. I, and I told you guys the story. It was just like, man, yeah. it's just, and he can shrug it off all day. He wants to, but I mean, we're people, we're humans and, you know, we all want to be loved and we all carry burdens around. And, you know, I knew 100% that he's carrying some pain around. Yeah. And, you know, as his friend, you know, again, that's where I say the, the ayahuasca really helped me become a better friend because now I can, I mean, I, I really feel like I can read somebody a little bit better when I slow down, I mean, I still get caught up in the matrix where, you know, it was, it was tough. Like the first week, you know, you go out in public and you're just, you just can feel everything. And then, you know, it slowly starts building back up into you and you just gotta, you know, I just got to take moments in, and do different practices and stuff as far as like meditation or I did the flow chamber. Oh yeah. Yesterday. yeah. So you, you try to do those things just to, to bring you back to center. You know what I mean? Because when you come back to that, to where you need to be, you can start seeing things the way, the way they're really being displayed to you. Can you tell us about the tank? Man, the tank was awesome. Um, the float tank. Oh, so it's a sensory deprivation tank. And it was really just like, I mean, you get in there and you're in there for 90 minutes, but you're just, you feel like you're just, I feel like I was just floating in space. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. in the water, same as your body temperature, right? Yeah. What do you do in there? You just float. There's no, I mean, you can turn music on like this, some like music on if you want. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I turned the music on for a minute Then I just turned it off. It's pitch black. So, you know, the thought process behind it, I think is just to, you know, get, get yourself out of all the noise.
2: Where did you do where, where is this place at? Uh, right Flow
1: cryotherapy over there, and uh, what's that? No, that's Right, that right by the old fox Whistler's?
2: and hounds. Oh, um, I got you. I didn't even know that place by Bickram, right? How do, you, yeah. how do you say Bickram? Bickram. But
1: so at the end of in, at the end of the uh, ayahuasca retreat, I was the um, even at the very end of the third ceremony, we go back to the room, and me and Larry. <clears throat> so Larry had lost his wife in june and he had lost his son in may damn so so larry tried acting like he was just there at a party and have fun but you know a couple days into it he kind of opened his or let his guard down and kind of set his true intentions but by the end of it me and larry were like best of friends and we we go in the room and I turn the little Bluetooth speaker on and we're just jamming out some music and just laughing and talking about our experience. And the, one of the ladies who puts this thing on is walking by and she was telling us the next day, she goes, man, I could just hear you guys laughing and having so much fun. And it was, I mean, like we both at that moment, I think um, came back to ourselves and it, it's, you know, and this could be such a long conversation when you just talk about yourself and how much we punish ourselves for, for things. And, um, it's just, it's just so sad that we're so hard on ourselves. And then that we think everything's about ourselves too. We, we really think that like if someone, if someone makes a decision in their life, we think they're doing that to hurt us. And it's like, no, they're doing that because they, they need a, they need to change their journey in their life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it's, um, it's a good feeling when you can kind of sit back and accept some things. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. So by the end of, by the end of it, I'm sitting there waiting for them, to, uh, this, they take you to and from the airport. So then waiting. I'm the last person to leave and I'm just sitting, um, uh, kind of like in this little garden part and just, like man this is the first time i've been on vacation and i truly feel uh rejuvenated like sometimes you go on, a lot of times i go on vacation i always feel like i need a vacation for my vacation mm-hmm. but you know that was probably the you know i, I had nothing to drink at all i mean, just drank water i ate you know extremely clean um it's just it was such a great feeling and i got so much work done on myself yeah and again you know w- I learned a lot of things too. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, we've, we have a, uh, and a, a good friend of mine, you know, kind of enlightened me on this, but you know, we have a, we have a dark wolf and we have a, a wolf made of light and, you know, you choose which one you feed. And if you feed that dark wolf every once in a while, like it's all right, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't punish yourself for it. You know, it's there and you have to accept that it is there, but just understand that if you feed that dark wolf more, you know, you're going to be living in darker times rather than if you feed that that wolf of light. So, wow, can that be kind of like like
2: sinning? The dark wolf would be a sin, like you, when you sin and stuff like that. Maybe, yeah, I it mean, could be sinning.
1: It could be you know, maybe it's a, a
0: guilty pleasure.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways you could describe it. Um, sometimes it could even be just you know eating something that you know is horribly bad for you. You oh know? shit. And so is oh, that all really I'm doing considered a, or a guilty pleasure? But you know, it's, you know, you're not taking care of yourself, but you know, at the same time, you're, you're doing it. You're, you're having acceptance of what it is and what it's going to do to you and how it's going to make you feel. And you're just like, dig in, you know, yeah. but then, you know, like you sit there and you do, it's the funny thing is we have all these tools to have this perfect life, to have heaven on earth. We have all the tools to do it. But for some weird reason, we want to have like, sadness and guilt and all that we want to have all these, like, I don't know, fit like dark feelings. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think we, if you can really just accept that those feelings are there and just try not to feed them and understand again, if you're feeding these good feelings and you work out because it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Like why not work out every day when you eat a healthy meal? Like you feel better after you eat it. When you go and you eat a pizza it's like a drug, like you feel great when you're eating it, and afterwards you're like, oh, God, this is the worst feeling ever.
2: Um, I disagree with the pizza statement 100%. I feel great when it's coming in and going out. So you don't <laughs> ever
0: feel stuffed and lethargic?
2: Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. I said it feels great both ways. You're talking about when I overeat my pizza, like two pizzas.
1: Well, we obviously see that you overeat pizza a lot. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm over here feeding roll to the sharks again. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I don't know. So um, you're definitely going to do it again, right?
1: I would do it again. Would you do it, roll?
2: does um, this play that?
1: I tell you this. I'll say this. Um, it gave me exactly what I needed. Like it pulled my head out of the water. It did. It, I mean, when you guys saw me, when we, when I saw y'all in Tampa, I mean, was I not noticeably? You were like, fun. I mean, not different. not not
2: fun, but like you were. You could tell you were different. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: And so you, it amazes me that this isn't used more for depression. i mean for, for I, I, you know i know people use it for addiction and you know different like grieving but for depression what i used it for i mean the best thing i could have done yeah you're
2: trying to say like why is it not, not more readily available to people like instead of yeah. putting them
1: on pills and stuff yeah. yeah that's what that's what drives me crazy is like they just you know i don't i don't want to you know beat up on the medical profession, but I mean, it's just like, there's a pill for everything. And it just makes, it just makes me sad. Like, cause a lot of the stuff is just, you're just, you're just covering the pain up. You're not even addressing the pain. Yeah, You know, I know that there's definitely, you know, some people are really in pain they need pain pills or something like that, but there's so many coping mechanisms that we promote and we push out. And it's just, it's sad. It's sad that, you know, we would ever, want to just profit off of somebody just, and I mean, really kind of ruin someone's life. Yeah.
2: Damn. Would you do it, Tony? Yeah, I would do it. I, you should go together with Nick.
0: I've talked to Nick and our other friend about it.
2: You know, when I did it- Do they know, suggest going with a group of friends? Or well- I mean, like you're Not a group
1: of friends, you know what I'm saying, like with people you know? Well, you know, uh, however it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen the way it's exactly supposed to. Right. Like I went down there completely by myself. And you're talking about scary, man. It was scary. But, you know, it worked out exactly perfect. So. Like you said, everything happens for a reason. It does, man. It all happens for a reason. And, you know, just take it and move on with it. Yeah. Because you're on your own journey anyways down there. So I guess
0: it really wouldn't matter if people were down there that you knew. Because I know other friends that he went down there with people and they ended up leaving before he did.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we had we had a second person leave after the second ceremony. He just um, he had a hard time with it, and he said, "I'm I'm not doing it again." He didn't leave. He just didn't do the third ceremony. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it's tough. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it's extremely rewarding. And yeah, I I felt safe there the entire time. Um, I, f- I mean, there's just everything had purpose to it, like. The, everything they did had so much purpose to it. Yeah. It was such a well thought out retreat. And how long did you say this? I was there from Friday to Friday. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, well, a friend said he was really surprised that you came right into the thick of things when you got done with us in Tampa. When you met up with us in Tampa, he was like, Man, he's doing what? I was like, Yeah, when he gets done there, he's meeting us in Tampa. He's like, oh, okay.
1: It was Okay. It, it was tough, but it wasn't tough as as far the tough part was is again you know, you just, you can feel people's sadness, you can feel people's happiness, but, um, you could feel people's sadness and not just, you know, I don't know, just when you feel someone's sadness and you, you can obviously, it's like seeing someone bleed right then and there and you have band-aids and you just don't even put band-aids on it. So, yeah, or try to try to help them. So, you know, you, every conversation, you know, you're, yeah, that had to like, chill myself out for a minute too. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I can feel the sadness. Like I need to fix this person or I need to help this person. And yeah, and then you have to just step back and be like, when they're, when they're ready, you know, they'll come to you and, and ask you for some guidance, but it's definitely not my job to, to fix anybody. Um, I can be there and assist people, but you know, everyone, it's your, it's your own journey to, uh, to make that decision. If, if you want help from someone else. Yeah. Man, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I think it'll really help it will really help you, Tony. I think you really need to go down there and <laughs> work this stuff out and you know, um you know, when you get back, I'm here for you. Um okay. he's, he's your whole time you're out. probably you your whole time you're probably just gonna think about your visions are gonna be just about nothing but me. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> mother ayahuasca i'm sorry that i strangled that guy in my vision right now but he you know he just he just gets but he loves you that's why he does it i know and i love him too oh and that's how you're that's how you that's how your work's gonna go
1: oh, okay. so Brawl pretty much just came up with this true intention of you like, <laughs> you know brad did tell what us. do they say people are always uh is it um projecting yeah. yeah that's him projecting
0: the truth what? behind every yeah. joke
2: I'm
1: no, I'm really gonna kill you. Now I feel the need to make zero jokes for the rest of this. <laughs> but, what did uh, Brad
2: say? I remember we can't talk about it because it's not here. We still can't do Tampa, right? So well, you can talk about this. But it's no, it's what he said to our, what he says, what he says to Stephanie, remember? He's like, oh yeah, it's just like Tony and Raul in a real relationship, but you know, they just don't have sex. I'm like, Brad, shut the fuck up, man. Like that, you know, he's like, it's true. Think about it. I was like, brad
0: i am probably the closest thing you've ever had to a relationship though okay man now you're just gonna make the podcast go a different direction what gay yeah <laughs> no it's true though what relationship have you been in i mean outside of nick and i i mean not many that's what i'm saying this is probably the closest thing you ever had to a relationship
2: wishful thinking <laughs> no wishful <laughs> Remember, thinking he,
0: he had one girlfriend <laughs> and <it was> <laughs> intense I love you so much, baby. <laughs> 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 she was cute, though. I mean, she like. was attractive. Yeah.
2: Well, you know what? That's you when guys, you were skinny. You guys are making fun of somebody that's dead.
0: We're not making fun of her. No. We
2: just said she was attractive. Yeah. yeah. We're proud we're making of making fun of you. Oh, I understand that. But who dated her? You did, so exactly. we're making fun of you. No, you're making fun of her, and are oh, making stop fun of the situation, this. and it's okay. <laughs> She's she passed away. I don't know how she passed away, but
0: no, all I'm saying is that we thought that you were going to take her to fucking Vegas when we were going to Vegas.
2: Oh, for the fight. the fight, the fight, Rampage versus Rashad Evans, and when that, was that? that? That was around this time. No, the, when 10 we ten years ago. Yeah, it was ten. Damn, ten years ago in. Yeah. And me and Nick disappeared for like two hours, and then because we were gonna get the Fat Tuesday drinks, remember? And we fucking Gosh, took. We were so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun trip, man. Yeah, that was a that good was a time. good time. And then we've never seen half those people ever again.
0: We see one of them all the time.
2: Yeah, well, no, I'm talking about like uh, Rocky. Oh yeah, <laughs> Rocky. we
0: saw that guy one time, and that was it. That,
1: that was a fun trip, though. It was fun. We, we need to go back
0: again. out there. Gosh, we skipped a lot. It.
2: What was <laughs> the? Top? Tell that story. Tell that story.
1: Hard Rock, at, Hard Rock uh, rehab, rehab, yeah. yeah. And it was like it was that was, it was when it was no, that was Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend. One of the Memorial Day weekend, it was slammed. The, the I mean, the line was like 1, a thousand long. people line. And there's what like five or six of us at the time, and we're trying, we're skipping the line, we're just breaking through all the different. I'm like, I keep telling everyone I was uh Jerry Lee Lewis's nephew our or grandson. grandson, grandson, right?
2: Grandson. <laughs> yeah. And you were the. Why did I not
1: say Johnny Cash? You were the. Why, uh, why did i pick Jerry Lee Lewis? <laughs>
2: I don't know. Uh, and then you said also said that because just when you were working hard rock, you said that you are the directing manager or something like that. Let's not, and
1: let's not talk about all my y'all, we lies. Skip, I'm saying we skipped the this.
2: line of a thousand people easily and each we had each checkpoint we went to on the VIP side. Nick would talk and the guy would this is, I don't know, just go to talk to that guy. And then that guy will go like, I don't know, man. Just go talk to that guy. And it's like uh, the next bouncer on the other side. We're like, hey, just go talk to that guy. We finally get to the guy we're supposed to talk to. He's like, what do you guys need? Uh, Thirty dollars a hit or whatever he said. And and I was like, me and Tony like Nick's like, oh, I ain't got no cash. Me and Tony like, fuck. Well, and then we get in. Right, we're inside, but we walk around this bend and. There's not shit happening.
0: Yeah, I was like, this is some this, bullshit. This is bullshit.
2: <laughs> and then we walk around another bend that go to the left side, and that's where it was like Mecca. Yeah. It was like, oh my it's like God. The Oasis. This is what yeah, it was I've crazy. been looking for all this whole trip. And it was fucking so much fun. We spent the whole day there, right?
1: Yeah. I mean,. The whole fucking day. We par- And then whenever we went and got our cab leaving, we just skipped, skipped the a line. line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We just like jumped in front of everybody.
2: Well, remember, I didn't know where you guys went and I, I ended up taking the limo back. Oh, yeah. yeah the guy gave me a, lim- a ride in the limo. And remember when we were walking down Las Vegas Boulevard? We just jumped in the cab on, oh, yeah. the, on Las Vegas Boulevard. It's like like guys the like, guy's like, you're not supposed to be doing this. Get in the cab. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like,
1: oh, man. Man, that
2: was a great trip.
1: Ten Let's- years ago. You know we could do uh, Labor Day. I told you we need to do something like international. Thailand, Brad. I want to. I do want to go to Thailand. I'll go to Thailand and and I'll I'll do a Muay Thai fight. Mm. Like you're gonna fight? Yeah, I'll fight. I'll get beat up internationally. <laughs> Y'all
2: just can't record uh, uh, it. Torian, I need you to, uh, to train <laughs> Nick, please, because he's gonna learn how to need a
1: kick, cause... and
2: Muay Thai. You should do it too, Tony.
1: I, I, I get beat up by some twelve-year-old kid. <laughs>
2: They've had like a hundred and ten fights on. He, yeah, he's like he's like kicking the fucking banana tree. Yeah. You know? he's like fucking. I was like, man, those guys. That's just so intense. But that'd be pretty awesome, Brad. You have to get your passport, my friend. It's the only way you can go international.
1: We 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 should do something internationally this summer. I'm down. This summer. Coronavirus, dog. I ain't it, dude, I saw a flight the other day to Hawaii for 350 bucks Round trip? Round yep. trip. Damn. Out of Memphis.
2: Really?
0: Yeah. You fly to LAX. Yeah, yeah you fly LA, from there. Yeah. I saw flights from LAX to, to Hawaii for $100 round
2: trip. Well, Alex was telling me that if you travel even domestically, you know, and when you come back, they, they, they want you to quarantine yourself for 14 days like self-quarantine and she was like well you guys want to go like somewhere else and i was like sure and I, I mean i emailed my bosses and i was like hey if i end up going on this trip you do know i'm gonna have to take off ex- two weeks because that's the recommendation from the cdc and they were like well Raul, you know we kind of i was like i'm pretty sure the trip's gonna fall off fall apart anyway so because of all this stuff going on but i'll let you guys know and they were like damn two weeks like you have eight days. Vacation. How are you going <laughs> to... I was
1: like, I guess I'm not going to get paid. Do you, do, you, do you hate humanity? I can't take two <laughs> weeks off? I mean, really? Yeah.
2: But I don't know. What else, Nick? What do you got going
1: on this weekend? Uh, man, just chilling out. I, I went and camped last night at Shelby Forest. It was fun.
2: Where is Shelby Forest? I mean, I I know I've been there, but I just can't remember how to get there. It's been so long. It was nice. It was raining outside. All the raindrops go, make you sleep good?
0: Yeah. Out past Millington, right?
1: mm Hmm. Had a sandwich at the Shelby Forest General Store this morning. It's what a cool Justin place. Justin Timberlake's grandfather owned, or something like that. I don't know. I know there's. I know he has some kind of tie with it. He wasn't there. He wasn't there this morning, though. <laughs> Are you sure? Maybe he made a He was cutting tomatoes in the back, actually.
2: <laughs> so, do you have any plans of doing anything else? Opening another business, or look like? I mean, obviously don't give up your ideas, but like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, what, I got uh, a, going on.
1: Uh, I have a business idea. Um, I actually got two in the works right now. That's kind of the beauty too, is like, I, I, now that I'm back to myself again, yeah. um, and really, you know, it's really been like the last six weeks, I've kind of felt normal again. And so, you know, I'm just trying to take my time and not jump into too much stuff yet, but um, I got two cool projects I'm working on. Going to be legit.
2: Just remember, Tony owns 25% of everything you do because, I mean, what is it? $20 for the second thing you do? <laughs> yeah. Because he still owed $20 from nine years ago at Newbies. Carry room on your coattails for Raul?
1: Always. <laughs> Always. Thanks, boo.
2: You know, I was going to say, what what, what am I going to be doing in these new projects?
1: Well, one, one is one that we talked about, but you... Well, I, it was probably me, really. You know, that's the thing too. Like going through the divorce, I had some cool ideas. I was working on some stuff, and oh yeah, they totally got tabled just because. uh, that was tough, man. Again, like when you're depressed, it's um, it's tough pushing through any of that stuff. Like, um, yeah. Well, but you know, it worked out perfect, so it's all good. I'm glad is, I didn't.
2: Because now that I have the connections I have with some of the bars just outside of downtown, like in Cordova and stuff, it's gonna be a good idea, right? Right. So you wouldn't have to visit that to just hire some kids, like you said. Yeah. Do it for us.
0: What is your recommendation for people that are dealing with depression? Go to ayahuasca
1: retreat. (laughs) But do you think talking to people helps out a lot instead of just keeping it to yourself? You know, the I, I even I see this a lot now too is you know, a lot of people utilize social media for the depression. Yeah. And people chastise them, think sometimes about it, like, oh, they're just posting that stuff to get likes. But if someone's depressed, they probably are posting stuff that makes them feel good when they do get likes. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is you just have to be able to change the channel. Um, and, you know, I really recommend trying to, you know, exercise, obviously. Yeah. Exercise and eating right. You you start taking care of yourself, everything starts falling into place. Um So I, I it's not like you have to have an ayahuasca retreat to pull yourself out of it. Yeah, but all it did was just kind of, you know, help that process. It helped. It pulled my head out of water. I think that's good, especially
0: somebody like you, because, like you said, people look at you and they're like, "Oh, Nick's got a like good life." Yeah, you know, and and if you're saying that you've had this problems, then other people that,
1: you know, they can be like, "Okay, I'm okay." Then. Well, I mean, like I was, I was a high functioning. Like depression, yeah. So people look and they're like, "Oh, Nick's Nick's got it all going on," Mm -hmm. you know. Of course, I'm going back to my house, just bawling, crying, and screaming in my shower, you know. Um, It's in my shower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It echoes pretty well in there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But so you know that's where that's where the tough part is too, and and you try to put on that front, you know. Yeah. But again, once you you know once you kind of get your ego out of the way, and then just. I keep going back to the acceptance thing of just accepting, like, it's okay to be sad. Like, feel it. Like, I still, I mean, I still get sad. It's not like I'm like, oh, everything's perfect. Life is so good. I'm, go, go. I'm, I'm Gary Vee. You know, sure. The guy still gets sad and questions himself and, you know, and you accept that stuff and you, you, you feel into it a little bit, but you take some time to, uh, to work through it. You don't try to mask it. And that's, that's what I think a lot of people try to do. Um, you know, again, fill in those voids. I I think a lot of guys try to, mask it with you know fake love Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people try to mask it with you know it might be weed it might be pills it might be alcohol but um you know if you try to mask the pain or run away from it it's it's not going anywhere so it's kind of like when people leave the city they're from to
2: go to another city to like beat the problems they had here yeah you're taking the it's it's you, it's, the, it's you. And i like, it, it's you that you went to another city. It's, it's you that you went in another city. It's the problems with you. Like it's inside of you not leaving everything behind. is not going to fix that. You right. Know, like I think it, it's twofold. I think it can be sometimes your environment
0: that you need to get away from, but also it might be internal that you need to look at too.
1: Well, it, a, a big piece is going <clears> to <throat> be that environment. Yeah. You know, and you, if you do get yourself out of that environment, you know, and you get some time to self-reflect I think it, you know, I think you'll see a lot of positive change. But you know, a big thing is you just can't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, you know, you just we are we judge ourselves so hard, and um, well, we judge ourselves harder than anyone else does. And you know, no other species on this planet, you know, a lion doesn't sit there and you know get mad because you know he stayed out till three a.m. the night before and punish himself for a day about it. You know. Yeah. So, you know, if you do something stupid or bad, you know, accept it, learn from it, and move on. Shake you know? it off. Shake, shake, yeah. shake. You know, I, I read this this one book that I read when I was going through everything, and I still read it quite a bit now, because um, it's a short book, and it's a great audio book too, um, but it's The Four Agreements, and... What are those? And um, let's see if I remember them correctly. The, the first one is... Um, be impeccable with your word, which a lot of like my, one of my ceremonies was, was a a lot about that. Yeah. Um, this, I want to say the second one is, uh, don't take things personal. And so for instance, with that, I mean, if someone tells you you're a piece of shit, don't sit there. And it's funny how that works too. Like someone can tell you something and you make that agreement. Someone can say, Hey Nick, you're, you're, a total dirtbag, You're mm. a piece of shit. I can't believe you did this, this, and this. And, and you might not even did any of it. And you're like, you accept it. And you're like, how, you know, you let that person write that, that chapter in your book. And you're like, how in the hell did that even happen? So, but then the same thing goes, if someone tells you how great you are, you know, don't take it personally. I mean, again, like what we talked about earlier, a lot of the stuff is them projecting. So if someone is angry and or sad or, you know, extremely happy, they're going to say either those nasty things to you or really nice things to you. But, you know, um, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big one is don't take things personally. And then i to say the third one was, uh, don't make assumptions, which gets your ass beat. Well, I don't know about that, but, you know, ask questions if, you know, if you really want to know the answer to something, you know, just ask the question. And so there's a lot of times where, In life, we sit here and we wonder this, we wonder that. And the next thing you know, we're like creating this entire narrative in our own brain off of assumptions and nothing's even happened yet. Yeah. So instead, just ask a question. And then the fourth one is always do your best. I think I have those in the correct order, might not, but always do your best. So, of course, your best is going to be different. You know, you are going to be able to a lot of times do better in the morning than you are going to be at the end of the day when you're tired. Mm -hmm. But as long as you, you know, give true effort to doing it. Um, You know,
2: it's kind of Damien kind of said the same thing yesterday on the podcast. He said, I remember when I said something about no limits on your body. And he's like, well, yeah. And, you know, you just have to do your best. If you can go out there and try or not try. But if you try, make sure it's your best. You know, push your body to as far as you can go. I think that's why he's so successful with all the things he does because he just doesn't have a uh, I can't in him man like you know what I'm saying like
0: well just, I guess if you've had so much bad shit happen to you it's like little failures are not that bad
1: well if you go to just apply it on something like a diet you know so so many people so many people go on a diet and they they mess up and they have a bad meal that day and then they're like, oh well, I'll chalk this day up. I'll eat like shit for the rest of the day. Rather than, you know, just saying, Well, I messed up. Let me, you know, from after this meal I'm gonna eat right for the rest of the day. Yeah. So like that's how I, feel. I
2: like to speak on that. You know, there's a lot of memes going around, like on the internet, on, like weight loss stuff on especially Instagram, you know, people share features like, up what, there. What are these memes you speak of? Oh, just shut the fuck up. Anyways, like, you know, you have to do this, this and this in order to lose weight, or you have to do this, this and this. Maybe the person that created that meme, that's what worked for them. So that doesn't mean it's going to work for you or Tony or myself, you know, like, everyone has a different tool they can, they have to find and how they lose weight. And you're right. It's And then come back to it, it's in your mind, like, you know, like, yeah, you want to eat that pizza, like I want to do right now. But, you know, like, it's just like. We should go get pizza after this, by yeah, the way. Yeah, fuck you. Um, you know, but I'm, a, you know, it's just one of those things, like. Tony, we should go get pizza after this. <laughs> yeah, you do that. And I'll have the guns ready for you guys when you get back. Actually, Shoot I'm going to order it here. And, like, you know, it's just people <laughs> are like. Yeah, for that one time right? that's that. Oh, that's a great story I'm going to tell in a second. Uh, but no, it's like. You know, just because that works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for that person. And you know, there's not, there's no just
1: one way to lose weight. You know, speaking of that, I remember remember that time I was over here and like I opened up to you guys. I was like extremely sad. Rawl he just didn't know how to even handle it, did he? He was just like, "Yeah, are you serious? Like, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm sad, dude. Like, I can't help it." It's like, what, what are you talking, talking about?
0: The day after we got, I think it was the Matthew Bowen, the last Matthew Bowen podcast. And Nick came over here not so long after, and I was in here doing it. And there was I
2: was with I was Nick. I was talking to. Do
0: you the whole like look so scared? Like you backed up into the
1: against the the sink. Like you didn't know what to do. Like a scared cat. No, it's because he's got he's got such like he's like the sweetest guy in the entire world. But
2: I'm not gay, so
1: sorry. <laughs> he he's just he's so standoffish on this stuff, though. For some weird reason,
0: yeah, it's like you don't know how to share show emotion or share emotion with people
1: some girl like way back when it must have been like in third grade or something really broke your heart. Let's think. What is that going on with you?
2: What are you, you, you talking about?
0: Know, you have to see you there. You get defensive. You have to know what we're talking about, though. I think
1: you got picked on a bunch in high school is what it is.
2: I was a fucking winner in high school. <laughs> I remember you in high
0: school.
1: No, you <laughs> were not. You, you remember me, but I don't never remembered you. So you know. Everybody remembers
0: you because you got cut out of the car. <laughs> I mean, there's not too many brown people like you at that school.
2: <laughs> okay. There were like 10 black people. How many, many, yeah, think. <laughs> how saying, how how many Indian people went to right. Houston? I think like... You me, <laughs> there like one. There was one other girl, you know, and like there were a couple of girls that went, there, but there were not many. In, I think I was the only Indian guy. I mean, if somebody says a name that
0: Rahul, who do they think they were talking about?
1: Yeah, you know. So how how angry would you be if another role came into like the play of all of our friends? <laughs> Remember, I found that role Jeevan uh, on. Facebook? Well, uh, you know he'd be so angry about that too if that John, really happened.
2: John's, bro- uh, John's You're brother. That guy. John's brother Brad has a his best friend. His name is Mayul. Oh, and I remember that you guy. remember that guy? He's a, yeah. he's a doctor now, I believe. And it's just like, everyone's like, well, look, Mayul Raul, Mayul Raul. I'm like, shut the fuck up. God.
0: It's like the, what is it? The Not Gladiator. What's the
2: lat? There will only be one. The one Highlander. Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> You're like the Highlander. Oh, yeah. Some guy like fucking named Raul. No, he's going to get a memo saying, do not come to this function.
0: <laughs> I'm already there. Like. Oh, man. But I don't know.
1: Well, I will say this on the ending of the on the ayahuasca in the whole retreat is like I said it, it it was nice at the end of it to 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 come up with all that knowledge and stuff afterwards have that acceptance and then you know the biggest part was just be able to kind of open my heart up again you know and be able to
2: how about your checkbook
1: yeah whatever you need I think you ran around with my debit card for like a week he just like I didn't spend anything I didn't you did on what Minglewood.
2: I didn't have a tap in Minglewood. Yeah, you did. Mm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then your rental car. Uh, I've imaged you a <laughs> of that. But so, um, yeah, you know, and again, like, just as as humans, like, we have so much love, and like, there's, it's just sad whenever we get into a situation where we stop wanting to give that love because we're scared. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're really scared or what. You, know, you go through processes, but. It's just a good when you get to that point where you can love somebody and not expect or need love in return. I mean, that's that's a powerful feeling right there. Yeah. Hopefully, you get that one day, Raul. Thank you.
0: Or you um, can give that. I think you could give it. I definitely know you could give that. One hundred percent. You're willing to accept it to, from people.
1: Give what? Man, you imagine if he went down to the ayahuasca retreat, like he would. He'd probably be a new man. He'd probably change his He'd be one of those guys that changes his name or something. <laughs> like Aubrey Marcus.
0: Yeah. My <laughs> name is Aubrey now. <laughs> Who's that? It's uh, Joe Rogan's friend. Oh, His yeah, name I was re- Chris, and then he went down that, there and yeah. changed it to Aubrey afterwards.
2: Oh, man. Drugs. Or medicine. Sorry, it's a medicine. That was, that was medicine. Medicine, not a drug. But I don't know. You got any questions for us, Nick? Or me? Or Anthony?
1: I mean... I'm on your podcast. You're supposed to ask me questions. No, but
2: we, you know, we always, at, towards the end, we always ask. How much
1: do you weigh right now?
2: That's personal.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are you going
1: to talk about your journey? No. Oh, gonna... you guys were saying something. He was going to say, Oh, yeah, I need to talk about that.
0: Oh, when I brought up the pizza, you were going to say, You were going to say something. Oh, so
2: we were all downtown hanging out and uh but you no know, we're all hanging out downtown and you know it's like 9 eight thirty, something like that and nick's like hey let's go back to the house and we'll, we'll order pizza and i'm like So, let's go <laughs> i get to the i get in you know i drive everybody i'm i'm parking the car getting out of the car locking my car getting in the house nick's nowhere to be found <laughs> and guess what there's no pizza on the way <laughs> so i waited like 20 30 minutes waiting for pizza there was no pizza. I was so fucking <laughs> sad. And I was hungry because I figured we were going to eat down there. And then we decided to come home and eat. And I just went to bed.
1: You know, we talk about this every time a couple of times we've gone out, but, you know, we'll go out to the bar or whatever to go hang out. And all we do is click up. It's just the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> we That's- click up at one place <laughs> and we just sit there and pretty much make fun of roll or talk about you know current events. Or the people served around we, us. We spend whatever money we spend. Like, this probably we should just do this. This is fun. This just drink fun. coffee. Mm. Um Yeah, but like Yeah, just, I didn't like that. Whatever the fuck that thing was. Ugh. That was that was
2: tea. It was too hot and then I could taste the lemon and Ugh, ugh. what is it called? Um
0: Green tea with lemon and honey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how
2: about, how about like give me a personality drink from Starbucks, please? Yeah. Thanks. We know you
0: need a gallon of that. I mean, shit. Um, so, in closing, Nick, what is
1: your advice for people as far as just in life? Gosh, man, you guys asked some like really broad, deep questions. Um, okay, Nick, how about this? One, make sure you have the rewards points at Starbucks because. It adds up pretty quickly, and you can get quite a bit of free drinks out of it.
2: Were our drinks free?
1: No. Oh, Nick,
2: Nick bought us drinks, by the way.
1: Yeah. yeah. Starbucks. You guys did not meet any of my rider that I asked for on this <laughs> podcast. I told you to email me, man. You need to email me. No, I th- I th- on seriousness, I, and, and you know. The thing is I think we always look for someone to tell us something that is just going to be something we've never heard before, Mm -hmm. but it's not. I mean, we, like I said, we all have the tools. We all know exactly what we need to do uh, to be successful or to be happy. And, you know, I think it's just, you know, don't punish yourself for the past. Don't sit here and just be so anxious about the future and just be present, you know, just really soak up the moments right now. And, you know, um, as I kind of went through my journey, you know, one of the things that I've, I've really tried to really focus on is being present, you know, so the weeks that I do have my daughter, I mean, you know, when she'd read in a book to me or when she, you know, we're, you know, I realized that, you know, I kind of saw this in mother. Ayahuasca was kind of showing it to me about just how much stuff she likes to do with me. Yeah. You know, whether it's washing the car or, or and she'll complain about wanting to do it. Obviously she's a kid, mm-hmm. but you know, there's so many things that she just loves to be a part of. And, um, you know that's just a a small scenario where i'm saying you know just really try to take all these little moments that are going on in life and just just appreciate them and soak them up and get rid of your phone you know don't sit here and just and it's hard not to live on your phone because again it's a it's a cycle you know you can get on there and you know that's a lot of times for people it's the first thing they look at when they wake up and it's the last thing they look at before they go to bed so you know really just try to uh unplug a little bit and you know, just be present. And you, you just, it's, it's amazing the the different blessings that life presents you with when your eyes are open um, and the people you'll meet. I mean, I've met some of the most interesting people in the last couple of weeks just because I've kind of opened my heart back up and really just, you know, been more present in the moment.
0: That's awesome,
1: man. I appreciate
0: you doing it. You have anything in closing, Roll?
2: No, um, I just can't wait for your trip to Mexico with Nick to do this, so you can let go of your demons and come back a <laughs> fucking normal person for once. So uh, you
0: don't think I'd do anything good for you?
2: Uh, I mean, would you do it, Roll?
0: Nah, I'm not gonna do that shit. Why is that? Uh, I
2: don't know. Diesel fuel. Oh, cocaine! <laughs> we, what is that game called? Where you say a word and you just to guess what they're talking about? <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Um, if I do it, uh, I would probably want to do it by myself. I would want to do it with my friends or anybody with me that I know. So we don't see you crying. Exactly. Well, not just that because then i would be like, well, i would probably be like trying to hold back because I don't, you know, I don't want to let myself go. So you probably don't. Probably you don't. Wouldn't.
1: You don't have a choice. That's oh, the thing really? too. It's like you just, it's, yeah, you're you have no control over your mind. Um and it's not like a bad con- it's not like a bad one where you're afraid you're going to see like dragons and spiders yeah. and snakes and yeah. stuff attacking you. It's just, you know, you're you're going to uh you're going to you're going to get to know yourself and you're going to get to know the things that haunt you and the things that hurt you and the things that make you happy and the things that make you rejoice and you know. Um but it's not for everyone either. Yeah. You know, I think if you do have a calling for it and you know, I think you go after it, but it's definitely nothing that you should force upon yourself. All right, man. Um, find us in
0: all the podcast apps and subscribe, like rate. And, uh, we love you lots.
2: Bye.